0: we would be tempted when he gave us the model prayer he said pray like this our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. The Lord knew that every one of us would be tempted. And there's some things in the Gospel of Luke that I want to point out this morning that I think will help us in whatever area you might be tempted in. But before we look at the Word, I want to read you a book. Really, I want to read you an entire book, five chapters, but they're very short chapters. This is a book by Portia Nelson. It's called Autobiography in Five Short Chapters. You ready? Chapter one. I walk down the street, and there is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. Chapter two i walk down the same street, and there's a deep hole in the sidewalk. But I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. But it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it's there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5, I walk down another street. a brief autobiography that offers us some insight today on how to deal with temptation. The outline is found online, wfa.church slash live stream. You can get all the notes there. If you picked up a program this morning or was handed one by the host, the outline is on the back. As you leave this morning, I'm also going to give you A supplementary um, uh, handout that I prepared called Dealing with Temptation. Uh, This is really a deep dive into dealing with temptation and I encourage you to take this home, to read it each day, to follow the instructions. I think it will help you throughout the week. But this is just kind of a supplementary thing. This really doesn't have anything to do with my sermon other than it deals with temptation. Okay? You know, whenever I prepare a message, I'm always aware that that message might not apply to everyone. It's just the way it is. You know, when you preach on the biblical principles for work and career, I understand that we have many retired people. We have people who are no longer pursuing a career. If I teach on parenting, I know that there are people who have no children um, and the message won't directly apply to them. That's why I'm kind of excited about today's message. (laughs) It's because it will apply to all of us. It's 100% market saturation today because we all deal with temptation. It applies to all of us. Temptation, we face it on a daily basis to some degree, and we have to learn how to deal with it. And the best way to look at any subject is to look how Jesus handled it, because he's our perfect example. He's the one that lived on this earth 33 years, faced every temptation we did, yet did not sin. So let's look in Luke 4 on how Jesus faced temptation. Luke chapter 4, Uh, It's a story of Jesus being tempted by Satan in the desert. Remember, he had just been baptized. I think many of us understand that when you have a wonderful spiritual experience and you're on the mountaintop, watch out. Because Satan's going to come in the next day and do all he can to defeat you. That's why sometimes I think as Christians we are very apathetic. Because we know the closer we get to Jesus, the more nervous Satan becomes. And he intensifies the battle against us. And here Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist. He was on the verge of beginning his public ministry. But first, the Bible says, he drew away so he could find inner strength and direction from the father and he spent 40 days fasting in the desert he was alone the entire time just jesus it's interesting though that this story is included not only in luke's gospel but matthew's gospel think about that for a moment jesus was all alone So how did people know what he experienced in the desert? How'd they know about it? You can only draw the conclusion he told them about it. Jesus told them about it so that they could learn from it. And that's why it's so important today that we learn from the temptation of Jesus. He told his closest followers about how he came face to face with the devil But he was able to stand strong. He wanted them to stand strong. He wants us to stand strong. So Jesus' story has something to teach every one of us today about how we can win the battle against temptation, even in our weakest moment. Why don't you stand with me this morning as we read the first 13 verses of Luke chapter 4. Jesus... Full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. That kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want. So if you worship me, it'll all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Lord, we thank you for your example, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit's inspiration that caused Luke to record your battle with temptation in his gospel. And now we pray that in the next half hour, your Holy Spirit will reveal to us the truths that Jesus used to resist temptation, that we might do the same this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The first thing I want to tell you is temptation is something that you should expect every day. You'll never get spiritual enough, holy enough, mature enough that you will not be tempted in some way. Your temptation is different than mine, different than your spouse, but you will be tempted every day. I speak from experience. Why in the world Pastor Darth would have lemon donuts behind the platform today, I'll never know. My favorite, during Lent, when I'm trying to give up sugar. And I looked at those lemon donuts and they said, please? (laughs) Oh man, I was not expecting that. I can ignore the biscotti. I can ignore most of the stuff back there. But lemon donuts? Temptation is something you should expect every day. It's not a rarity. It's a certainty. It's not a doomsday message. I'm just telling you, when you're walking with Jesus, Satan is going to try to trip you up. Happens to everyone on some level. If it happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to us. Now, sometimes in really big ways... Where you're tempted to do something you know really bad that you know you shouldn't do, maybe something illegal, maybe something that is deceitful. Sometimes it's in small ways, like when you exaggerate a story, and all of a sudden that eight-inch trout becomes a 14-inch trout. <laughs> but you can bank on temptation showing up in your life on a regular basis, because Jesus was tempted. Three areas here the Bible outlines, but those aren't the only three temptations he faced. And he faced temptations other than the 40 days in the desert. The Bible says he was tempted in every way. That's what the book of Hebrews says. Look it up. Hebrews 4.15. He was tempted in all points just as we are. So think about that next time you're tempted you can ask Jesus to help you because he did resist that very same temptation. And it didn't just happen once in a while. Luke says, verse 13, we read it, when the devil had finished his tempting, he left, but there's not a period there, is there? When you resist Satan, he doesn't just leave. Notice what it says. When he finished the tempting, he left until an opportune time. He came back and tempted Jesus again. And even when we resist temptation, Satan will come back. Sometimes maybe through a different door, a different method, a different feel. That he'll be there tempting us. It's the same with all of us. Satan is looking for an inopportune time to knock us off our feet. He's busy all the time (laughs) placing potholes in that street, as that autobiography talked about. I really believe the closer you get to God, the more Satan will try to get in your way. I mean, look how this whole passage begins. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. And he returned from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit in the desert. He was in the perfect will of God, and he was full of God's Holy Spirit. He wasn't someplace he should not have been. He was exactly where the Spirit was leading him, yet he was tempted. Jesus faced a major temptation. Now, to be clear, the Spirit did Spirit didn't lead Jesus into temptation. He led him into the desert. I don't think Jesus tempts you. That is not true. James is very clear. Write it down. James 1.13 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor Um, does he tempt anyone? So God does not tempt us. The Spirit doesn't lead us into temptation, but he'll always be leading us into a closer walk with the Lord. And maybe into a desert. Maybe in a time of intensified prayer and fasting or whatever it might be, more immersion into the Holy Scriptures. The Spirit will lead you into a closer walk with God, but it does not lead you into temptation. But I can guarantee you, while you're on that journey, temptation will become, you know, part of, part of your life. It'll come looking for you, even if you're Spirit-filled, even if you're being led by the Spirit. I think it's important that we understand, you know, if you know something is common to mankind, it kind of helps you. No, well, I'm not unique. I'm not going crazy. I'm not battling this alone. Whatever you're going through, somebody else has been through as well. There's a universal uh, principle when it comes to temptation. It's easy to think when you're facing a temptation, man, something's wrong with me. And Satan will magnify that. You'll say, man, I've walked with Jesus for 15 years. I should be well beyond this. Something must be wrong with me. I must be a bad person. Or I wouldn't be tempted by this desire. Or to think this. Or to do that. Man, God must be disappointed with me. No, that's Satan coming in. And devaluing you. When you're tempted... It's almost like you should say, why am I being tempted? It must be because Satan's worried about me. It must be because I'm getting closer to the Lord and Satan is upset about it. Man, whenever you're tempted, friend, God is not disappointed in you, but he's there ready to help you. But you and I have to do our part. Eventually, we will have to walk around the pothole. Eventually, we have to take a different street altogether. Which leads me to the second biblical truth that I see here. First of all, you will be tempted every day. Second, temptation is something you should prepare for every day. Now, if you look at your weather app and you see it's going to rain this afternoon, you might throw a windbreaker or a coat in the back of your car because you're preparing. If you're going on a long trip, you might prepare by taking bottles of water or snacks, whatever it is. If you know you're gonna face something, we prepare. So, shouldn't we do that spiritually? Temptation is something you should prepare for. If you know it's inevitable, what can we do to get ready for it? Mark Twain wasn't exactly a saint. I'm not quoting him as a theologian, but he did say something that just made a whole lot of common sense, and we do not live in a culture of common sense anymore. So here's something, though, that you relate to. Mark Twain said about temptation. Listen, it's easier to stay out than get out. It's easier to stay out than get out. And I think Mark Twain was on to something. Everyone knows it's easier to avoid the mess than clean up a mess. Let's consider for a moment some ways that we can get in the habit of avoiding the mess the temptation brings and seeks to bring into our life. First of all, it's so obvious, but sometimes the obvious is what we miss. Uh, You can stay away from bad situations. You know, if your weakness is pizza, well, <laughs> yeah, better off to stay away from places serving pizza. Same with alcohol. In fact, I once talked to a man who was part of our church years ago that actually did not take the shortest route from his workplace to his house, he took a longer route because he wanted to avoid driving by a bar that he had once frequented. He said, Pastor, I don't think, but then again, I have bad days, and I have a lot of friends, and they gave me a lot of fellowship. He said, I just think it's best if I avoid it altogether. I thought, boy, that is a good piece of advice. Stay away from, if you know that group of people are going to gossip Maybe you should find another group of people to talk with. Let's face it. There are some people in our lives that Satan uses to drag us down. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Doesn't mean you don't accept them. But every time you're with them, you're, you're weak. And you're tempted to fall into that sin. Whether it's gossip or argue or you know, tear down other people. Man, if you can, pull yourself out of that situation. That's not being, you know, avoiding people. That's just protecting yourself and being wise so that you can overcome temptation. So while, well, let me say this. Paul said it in First 1 Corinthians um, 15.33. 1 Corinthians 15.33, mark it down if you're taking notes. Paul said this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So while we're doing what we can to avoid bad company, we can also make an effort to spend time with people whose influence tends to move us in a good direction. We see that so often, particularly in proverbs. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 13:20 says, he who walks with the wise will grow wise. But a companion of fools suffers with them. So basically, Solomon is saying, if you want to be wise, hang around wise people. If you want to be foolish, hang around foolish people. If you want to be strong in your faith, hang around people who have Jesus as the center of their life, the center of their habits, the center of their home, the center of their activities. If you want to fall back into the destructive evils of sin, then hang around with those who are fools. And those who suffer the consequences of sinful actions. I think one of the, the best things I do every week is come on Thursday morning to our men's group. Material's great. I love the curriculum. But what I really love is being around these older giants of faith who have walked this life to hear a Vic Dietering or to hear a Stan Johnson or to hear a Virgil Brown address some of those issues that I'm currently addressing. I think, man, I'm gleaning wisdom. I'm gleaning strength. I'm gleaning encouragement. And, you know, also part of walking with the wise, so to speak, sets up this system of accountability where we're able to watch out one for another. Not watching out to see if someone's going to make a mistake so we can be critical or judgmental. That's what I'm talking about. A system of accountability where we can watch out for one another, to help one another, to support one another. James says it in chapter 5, verse 16, we need to confess our sins. Now, let's just broaden that term a little bit. Confess your weaknesses. Confess your temptations. Confess your doubt. Confess your vulnerability to each other. And pray for each other so that you can be healed. You can be whole. You can be strengthened in your faith. And all these ideas come from really the most powerful tool that we have in protecting ourselves against temptation, and that's the tool Jesus used, the Bible. That's why I gave you scriptures for every one of those subpoints: <laughs> staying away from certain situations, staying away from certain people, being with those who will help you be strong, setting up accountability, because all those ideas really come from the text we read when Jesus was tempted in the desert what did he do (laughs) he responded each time with the word of God it is written and he knew the word well enough that he didn't fall for the trap that Satan had taken the word and twisted it for a selfish motive We need to know the word in context. We need to stand on the word. Jesus said man does not live by bread alone. He was talking about physical bread at that point. But you need to worship the Lord your God and only him. And serve him. And don't test him. (laughs) See, he was able to respond with the word because he knew the word. That's why it's important that we are in the word every day. It gives us strength to resist Satan. Man, as a young man, think about it. See, Jesus was fully divine, but he was also fully human. Jesus had to study the word to know the word because he was human. As a young man, he studied the word. In fact, the Bible says he grew in wisdom and in knowledge. Sometimes we think, well, when Jesus was born, he just had all of God's wisdom. No, not in his humanity, not in his fleshly form. That's why the Bible says he grew in wisdom and knowledge. And he expects us to do the same. And the more time we spend in the Word, the more prepared we are, the more equipped we are to deal with temptation. It's the word. Temptation is inevitable. It's guaranteed to come your way. So expect it. But also prepare for it, which means you need to spend time in the word. And whenever you can avoid temptation's path, absolutely stay out of its way. So what we need to deal with uh, with our sin is uh, just to determine I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to move in that direction. I'm not going to be influenced by by others that do not lead me closer to Jesus. The third thing I want to point out today is when we're dealing with temptations is uh A temptation is something that you can overcome with the help of the Holy Spirit. It is not inevitable that you're going to yield to temptation. Temptation is something you can overcome. Scripture says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Holy Spirit of God gives you the power. Man, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have that prayer language that you can use at those moments of battle. Temptation is something you can overcome every day. Don't ever think it's a losing battle. Don't ever think, oh, I I can never. Don't go there. It's not a losing battle. If you rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit, it's a winnable battle. Man, in this moment of unimaginable physical weakness, brought on by 40 days of fasting, (laughs) out in the middle of nowhere, Jesus stood strong against Satan and he sent him on his way. James chapter 4 tells us that we are to resist the devil and he'll flee. And then James says, and come near to God, and he'll come near to you. I'm not going to go down this path today, but I want you to notice the order of that. Resist the devil. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. We must be willing to resist Satan. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, We'll never be tempted beyond our ability to overcome that temptation. It doesn't mean that we're always successful, but we always have that ability. Here's what he says. He says, when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Again, none of us bat a thousand percent in this area. <laughs> Only Jesus did that. I mean, we're sinners, we're prone to sin, we are in need of God's grace. We're never going to be perfect, but we can learn to live more consistently a godly, holy, Christian life where we have victory over temptation. It doesn't just happen with a snap of a finger. Believe me, when I was 13, 14 years old, on Sunday nights, I was down at the altar hoping God would just somehow flip a switch or snap a finger and all of a sudden I wouldn't be tempted anymore. It didn't work like that. And I've learned that through those temptations... Through the times I've overcome and the times that I've yielded, I've become stronger in my faith. And I've learned to rely upon God. Don't fight Satan on your own. Ask the Lord to help you. Margaret Thatcher once said, you sometimes have to fight a battle more than once to win it. Now, Margaret Thatcher was not talking about temptation but it applies you sometimes have to fight a battle more than once to win it and that's certainly true of our journey toward power over temptation I talked to a friend of mine yesterday who had been clean and sober for a, a, quite an extended period of time and then he he fell but he let Jesus forgive him He's bound and determined that even though the clock starts again at day one, not day 400 and whatever it was, and I said, how are you doing? He said, fine. He said, I I got tripped up, but he said, I'm back again, and I've done this and this, and he was telling me the things that he's done to hold himself more accountable. I prayed for him this morning because I thought, that's the kind of attitude we all need. If we succumb and we're knocked down, don't stay down there and just say, oh, I'll just never be able to. No. Get up. Let Jesus brush you off, refreshing those tools that he's given you because you can be victorious. Sometimes you have to fight a battle more than once to win it. We might not win every time, But when you face temptation, you can expect to win more often than you lose if you stand on God's Word, if you allow the power of the Spirit to work through you, because God's Word promises us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. In conclusion this morning, we might think it's our fate to always fall in that hole in the sidewalk. Again and again and again, but it's not. God's word promises us victory. Jesus himself demonstrated what that victory looks like, and you and I can experience it. Expect it, prepare for it. Your attitude, the right people, the right circumstances, how you can arm yourself with what is called the sword of the Spirit. It's one of the names for the Bible. The more time you spend in the Bible, the more prepared you'll be to fight those temptations. One more detail in Luke's story. Our text ended in verse 13. I want to read verse 14. It's the very next verse. After Jesus had successfully withstood the temptations of the devil, what does verse 14 say? Jesus returned to Galilee In the power of the Spirit. The power. Do you see it? In verse 1, he was filled with the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. And then after his face down with Satan himself, he returned to God filled with the power of the Spirit. We receive power when we rely upon the Holy Spirit. That's what resisting temptation can do for us. We'll no longer just be led by the Spirit. We'll be filled with the power of the Spirit. It fills our life with power every time we can resist temptation. Every time you say no to sin and yes to God, you become stronger. Man, we tend to think that fighting the battle against us, you know, will wear us down, but that's really not right. That's not the spiritual truth the Bible teaches. The truth is that every battle... You win makes you stronger. Every temptation you overcome fills your life with more of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to understand. Temptation is an opportunity to indulge in the worst part of us or it's an opportunity to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's an invitation to experience God's fullness and God's power in our lives. Think about that next time you're tempted. It's an opportunity to experience more of God's power in your life because every time you say yes to Jesus, to the word, his power increases. That's why Jesus said yes. That's why we need to say yes. Let's stand together this morning. As I mentioned, I have a handout for you that you'll receive as you leave this morning, that I really want you to take and use this week. It's called Dealing with Temptation. It's a little worksheet. But, you know, it's not about worksheets. It's not about sermon outlines. It's really about drawing closer to the Lord. It's about coming to the Father. That's what Jesus taught us. It's about intimacy with the Lord. It's about yielding our life to the power of the Holy Spirit that we might walk victoriously. So I just want to end this service today by opening up these altars and inviting you to come and just be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. By coming this morning, you're just saying, Lord, (laughs) I need you in my life. You're not confessing to any certain sin. You're not admitting to anyone. You're just admitting that you need God to walk victoriously. And the invitation is here, come to the Father. So we're just gonna close around this altar. I'm gonna be here because I need the Father in my life. I need the Holy Spirit's power in my life. And I hope you'll join me. After your time of prayer, you can be dismissed. If you want to pray where you are, that's fine too. But I just want us to conclude in a moment of prayer. Lord.